This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Let's start the show. This is Scott Buecher, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Awesome. All right, Scott, you're always good for if I need someone last minute. I'm, I'm the, uh, the the reliable fill-in. Yeah, man. I that, mean, pro- that probably doesn't speak too highly for my social life, that I'm available <laughs> whatever on a whim. I'm well, here. Well, you have uh, a kid a kid now, so that, that lends to not really much of a social life. Yeah, yeah really, if it's after 7.30 at night, I'm available. So <laughs> I joked with Andrea. I was like, I was like, yeah, he, he has to push it back to 7.30 because he has to put Lindsay to bed and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lindsay. T- actually, Lindsay actually starts to stay up a little bit later than me nowadays. So really, yeah. So how, I'm a, I'm, how, a, I'm an early riser, and so I'm going to bed earlier and earlier. And, all right. You know, sleep has kind of been one of my, you know, big three rocks priority in terms of health for me. So I go to bed a little earlier. And is that a like, new? Is that a new thing? Um, These rocks. I don't know necessarily. It's new. Just try to be more consistent with them. Okay. And. uh you know, I did a lot of reading on just you know general like health type of stuff over the last year and a half. Maybe it was COVID, maybe it's all those different things. And yeah, to a T, the number one thing that everything I read was just the, the importance and the power of sleep. Yeah, and how how the, how how much your body needs that and your body reacts to it, and and there's no replacement for it. Yeah, and so there's no such thing as catching up. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's not one of those concepts of hey, I'm going to sleep for you know four or five hours, Monday through Friday, and then the weekends, you know, binge on sleep for 12, 13 hours. It doesn't work like that. So that's kind of, kind of been one of my rocks and, you know, prioritizing days. And, you know, I do get up pretty early. Yeah. So what time, know, do, what time do you get up? 3.45. 3.45? five. yeah. And so the sacrifice that is, you know, you got to go to bed a little earlier. Yeah. So it's just prioritizing your time Wow. with that. So I'm definitely a morning person. So what do you what do you do when you wake up that early? Like why well, do you wake up that it's, early? It's twofolded. Uh, actually, three three different components to it. Um, you know, I, I realize, you know, later in life here that I am definitely more productive in the mornings than I am in the evenings. And, um, so definitely I like to get my workout. I had to work out every morning. Um, so we have to get that in, um, because just at nights, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, mentally, physically fatigued yeah. from the day and you just don't know what's going to happen with, with kids as you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's important to me. So definitely get my workout in, um, the other piece of it is, you know, I, I'm a big believer like in systems, like creating your own system that works for you. Sure. And for me, for, for my job that I have is, like I said, I'm, I'm better functioning in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I get into the office from 545 or so. And to me, I would rather get in at, at that point and spend that time in the morning than spend it in the evening. Okay. When my mind's more focused in the morning. Um you know, more productive, it's quiet, nobody's in the office yet. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather spend that time in there too. And a lot of it also dictated on our old dog. So our oh, old dog oh, is yeah. uh, a set schedule, kind of mixture. She does her, we've talked about my dog on here before. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, taking care of her, making sure Lindsay doesn't have to do that because she's got other things to, to worry about any, anyways too. So I th- you know, three type of three type of things <laughs> there that kind of dictate that schedule, but it works for me. So it's, it's a system that works for me. I just remember when you said, we talked about that here before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ben Marshall reminds me about the poop spatula. <laughs> frequently, Dude, that, uh, frequently. I believe it or not, I forgot about it until yeah. you until just so now. now. Yeah, yeah, good memories, right? Yeah. Good memories. That oh, is. Yeah. It was. It yeah. was a highlight. Yeah, I'll that was. That. Uh, if I if I put uh, together, if I ever have time to put together uh, a year in review, that would yeah. be the. That would be one of them. Yes, one yeah. of them. Top ten, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's difficult for me to get to bed early because that's when Andrew and I can spend time together. Yeah. Cause the kids, our kids go to bed somewhere between eight thirty nine 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we're sometimes we're up till, I don't know, 11 o'clock and I get up at five twenty and, and go to yeah. work. And I know every time I set my alarm, it says like, okay, your alarm will be go off in six hours. And I know that's not good for me, Yeah, you know, but it doesn't affect me. Uh, it affects me in the evening cause I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm a morning person too. So when my alarm goes off, I hit snooze a few times, but I get up and I'm ready to go. I don't drink coffee or anything. I yeah. just I'm I'm pretty good. But it's it's hard to to think like okay, I'm gonna go to bed at nine, because then I'll 
there's no alone time with me and Andrea. Yeah, and and, and you know, Lin- sacrifices, but yeah, I mean Lindsay, I kind of like bounce it. I mean because you know I, I'm on the morning, we work out in the morning, you know all those different things, mm-hmm. and then you know you, you fast forward to the night. You know we're, we're pretty regimented in our in our night routine. Mm-hmm. You know typically. You know, we, we, we tried, if I don't have to cover an event or, or something like that at school, I'm typically home, you know, about 4.30 or so. So I get to be with Alice from 4.30 until we eat dinner right around well, 5.30, you know, 6 o'clock. And Lindsay's cooking that. So that's a really good time that I get to spend with Alice just yeah. to play. Eat dinner together as a family, like every night. I clean up, then it's Lindsay can spend time with Alice. And, as we, and then we spend time, the three of us together. Yeah. Um, for a little while, then we put her to bed, put Alice to bed together, just kind of what we were doing right before I got here. And then from there, that's like Lindsay's time to get her workout in oh, and okay, things like yeah, that. And yeah. so Lindsay gets her workout in the evening and Alice likes it. It takes her a little while to settle down. So she's talking some kind of like on like daddy call, you oh, know, yeah, like if she needs to yeah. talk until she falls asleep. And then, uh, you know, and then uh, at that point, whenever Lindsay's done with her workout, you know, for for awake, we're awake. For not, we're not. <laughs> but Lindsay makes fun of me because you know, I have an app on my phone that gives me a reminder on, you know, like when it's time to start like settling down from yeah. my bed. And you know, the, the goal for me is to get hours of sleep every night. But you get up at three forty-five, so my reminder on my phone tell literally it just went off at seven forty-five. Oh, no. This is your reminder. Start wearing down to go to bed. Now I don't. <laughs> I'm like okay, so I just, a little early, but yeah, yeah it's usually yeah. I don't know. 8 30 9 o'clock or so okay all right so I'm, i wouldn't be i'm not keeping you up too late past no not not uh, too late no i tell you what we uh Lindsay and i do uh in, enjoy yellowstone so i kept us up sunday night yeah see i, I was uh, late. um i just heard i'd listened to bill simmons podcast and he he does like tv and and other movies and stuff on on certain other podcasts not yeah. the ones i listen to and he said that it was a two-hour premiere. It was, yeah, it was longer than two hours. Two, uh, yeah, two twenty or something. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that was that was pressing it. That was that was tough for us. I've never I've never even heard of that show. Really? No. See, I mean, I, I, I've never heard like, hey, I watch Yellowstone, but I'm I don't, what what is it on? Uh, so it's on the Paramount Network. Okay. So right. we I'd never heard of it either until probably the springtime. Uh, I, I I don't know. Lindsay found it somehow. Okay. I think through a friend and. We've been, we get, it was, at the time you could watch like all the previous seasons on um, Peacock. So we subscribed to Peacock. Okay. Like the 10 bucks a month, whatever it is, yeah. just so we could binge this, this show. Yeah. And there's, at the time, there was three seasons. So we, we binged it in a couple months, you know, and got through and then it's, then it ended. And then the season four was supposed to debut in the summertime. And then it was supposed to be after the Olympics and all. Uh, and finally, <laughs> Sunday, it happened. Nice. And, but it wasn't on Peacock anymore. It was on Paramount. So we had to figure out a way to watch Paramount, and because we thought maybe it was on Paramount Plus, so we, yeah. we did a subscription to Paramount Plus. But it's not on there. Not on Paramount Plus. No, no, it's just gosh. Paramount. So we had, so, so we eventually had to get like a streaming service for twenty. We found the cheapest one that we could find yeah. that had Paramount, which was Spectrum Stream. It's like twenty bucks a month or something. So we're paying that solely so we can watch a show once Winch a week. Up. Yeah, once a week. But I'll probably dive into maybe see what else has that sure. Spectrum has to offer. But yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta get your money out of that one. Yeah, Yellowstone's like it's I really like the only show that we watch together. So. Okay. We we just finished you on Netflix. I never heard of it. Oh my gosh, that's it's such a good show. They finished this just finished the third season. Um it's incredible. It's about a guy who the first season he's like a stalker of this of this girl. Um and then Basically, that's how every season is. Um, but there's like the third in the third season, he's married and has a kid and stuff, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy. Like if you get a chance to to watch that on Netflix, it's, we'll, it's good. We'll put it, on the list. We actually we just got done watching Manifest on Netflix on Netflix too. Oh yeah, Andrea. Uh, well, we both watch it, but Andrea's more into it than, yeah. than I am. It kind of got out there. Like I that's why that's what kind of lost me a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. It, like the first like couple seasons were like oh it's you know pretty good, and then it, then all of a sudden it's just like it, trying to connect it to Noah's Ark, and we're like what yeah. what is going yeah. on here? Like, it just kind of got out there. Yeah, and that's that's what I said. That's that's kind of lost me on that one. It's, we still watch it together, yeah. but I'm. I felt like we've already made the commitment at that point. Yes, so I'm going to yes, see it through. There is, yeah. you know, and that's why I'm because we did that too to a lot of shows. But yeah. I'm surprised that we didn't do that with The Walking Dead. Like we got to season whatever nine, and then we just stopped watching it, and then never got like we we went. And now it's ending. Yeah, the the uh, you know the original one, and I, we and it, but we just stopped. I just feel if you if you if you got that far into it, yeah, you know, 
you're committed. Yeah, and I, but I have, no idea, what happened. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea what happened. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I had a thought about when, when you're talking about uh, you know your routine and stuff, yeah. and how little we see our kids in one in, in a day. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> for me. It's it's literally it, it, it's literally maybe three hours. Yeah, for me. You know, and during, during for me during football, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I came home, got home a little before seven, six thirty seven, and then they go to bed about eight thirty. I see them for a couple hours. Yeah, and now it's a little bit better. But you think about how it's it's crazy. It, it is, but then it also like it never really dawned on me really until just recently when you when you think about that component. Yeah. that you know, I see Alice for like three hours a day, maybe. But like you, you've always said in the education world, the power of great teachers in the building because mm-hmm. the teachers spend more time with your child yeah. than you do. And you kind of like, you, you hear it, but you don't really process it until you live it. And then now it's like, wow, you really do. Yeah. You know, I think that just speaks a lot of volume to the power of a great teacher too, because you do spend a substantial amount of time with that mm-hmm. individual. So it's really important to, to have those people in, the, in, in place. Well, that's a, a, it's in the same lane as wherever you work. Like you're with those people so much more than you are with your family. Mm-hmm. Like to, I know when I was interviewing for the job I have now, and and now I talked to my boss about it, and how it's not just like, yep, yeah, yeah, he knows how to do this job, put him in it. But how is he with with people or with me? Like I even went before I got the job, I went and talked to my supervisor. Yeah. Before he was my supervisor, and like just, and we, we talked a little bit about work, but we talked about other stuff. Like how is this gonna work? And he said he we took um. I forget what it's called, but it's it's basically like our uh, personality. I don't know if it's like a personality type yeah. test or whatever. And he's like, I liked you because me and Ryan, who is the other supervisor, are over here on on one side, and you're totally on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, we needed that. There's there, there's a lot to be said just about fits. Yeah, you know, all the way through. I know, like through the hire process with my job, you know, we'll take a look and and a lot of times we have the conversations with maybe not necessarily the, the most qualified person, but mm-hmm. also the best fit into it because yeah. you know we are a very team driven you know building mm-hmm. um you know we have you know grade level teams and department teams and all those different different parts of it and so the fit and the makeup on that is really important um so there's been you know situations where we've had a candidate that made like on paper be the most qualified person, mm-hmm. but we knew the fit wasn't going to be very well with the two teams that they'd be joining. Yeah. And we're looking for something specific to add to that team. So yeah, there's definitely a big component to that, and you know, and, and you know that from the coaching world too, yeah. and, and everything. I mean, everybody brings their own strengths. You can't have some the same type of person across the board. Yeah, there's got to be um, just having a mixture of people and personalities, just mm-hmm. not only, especially for, for kids, but even when you're adults, it just makes you learn and grow. Absolutely. Because everybody's got a different perspective to it. Yeah. And, you know, I might see something differently than, you know, somebody else sees it. And, mm-hmm. and, and not that I'm right or I'm wrong or they're right or they're wrong. It, it's a different lens yeah. that you're seeing it through. Yeah. And you're right. How can you possibly challenge yourself and get better yourself and then in turn challenge the people around you? to continue to grow if you're not seeing different lenses and having those different perspectives and those conversations as well. Mm-hmm. So I agree hundred percent. Yeah. It's a, uh, in, and to have like uh, a leader that embraces that kind of stuff too, mm-hmm. because it, then everyone, what you hope will, will go into that. You absolutely. Know, buy into it. Yeah, absolutely. Know. But you know, I think there's, I think the, the really great leaders recognize that they don't want, the yes man yeah. all, all around them yeah. you know they continuously want to be challenged too and 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 to be to be i don't want to say questioned but you know bring to attention of hey there's there could be a different way to do this yeah you know because of this lens that you might have or this perspective this background this experience this success story that you had previously so i think all those things are critical when you talk about building you know functional teams yeah in whatever capacity that these teams are so that's really important to have well, I hate the th- the phrase, uh, uh, and I've probably said it a bunch of times on here, but uh, we've always done it that way. It's the most dangerous phrase in the human language. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. That, yep. it, I I do not like that. And and it's not that it, because it's wrong or right. Yeah. Right? Um, because that may be the case. Okay. But let's let's uh, let's examine everything else. Absolutely. You know? like, it, if, it, the, yes, that the, the old way, the way we've always done it may be the case, but let's... 
look at the other ways. And just because uh, these other ways aren't working, that doesn't mean we can't use them for something else. Or you're also learning to open your eyes a little bit. You yeah, know? but also you could pull something in that could take your way and add a little something to it. Yeah. So it's funny yeah. that you brought that phrase because I remember, did you remember Quinn Thomas? Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, so Quinn and I still, still talk and, you know, semi regularly. And he had sent me a, a picture. Um, of that phrase with the caption, this is the most dangerous phrase in the human language. <laughs> and absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because if, yeah. if you if that's your mindset going in, this is the way we've always done it. it it's just the the idea of, I don't need to change anything. Yeah. Ever. And ever. Not just that one ever. thing. Ever. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Ever. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, there's no organization, team, culture, or anything that can really truly say there's nothing that we need to change. Yeah. You know, because everything's changing. I mean, no matter you know, societal-wise, you know, norms, getting better, lenses, I mean, everything. So, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's – I also I, – I like uh, when this uh, – well, I didn't like this thing, but someone shared this picture. It was um, – I told Andrew I wanted to, like, write a speech around it because it was uh, – it was a picture of um, a, a cartoon flower and a little bee flying around it and a fly – and it said, the honeybee doesn't waste its time uh, telling the fly that uh, the bee doesn't waste its time telling the fly that honey is better than shit. And I told Andrew, I looked at it, I told Andrew, I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, I get what they're saying. Yeah. But I told Andrew, I was like, but the fly makes its babies in that. <laughs> like, that's its home. Yeah. So who is somebody else to tell me that my that my home isn't good enough? Yeah. Right? It's good enough for the fly. Yeah. He's eating and, and supplying sustenance for its family. You know, I understand what they're trying to do, but I didn't like it. And I told Andrea. And and you understand I, the concept behind it. Sure. However. Yeah. But but the, in the broad scheme of things, that's basically like saying um, – what you're doing isn't good, and I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm doing this, and this is better. Yeah, overall. So I I I, I told Andrew, and I might be the, what I talk about at the our football banquet because mm-hmm. I just it it's to, for someone else to tell me uh, you shouldn't do podcasts because they're bad and and no one cares about podcasting. But well, I care. So yeah. why why does it I don't why does it matter? Like yeah. I like doing this, or this makes me happier. This makes me put this is food. This job that I have of mining poop puts food on the table you yeah, know what does it, what no. does it matter you know, home is always kind of what, what you what you make of it too. yeah you yeah. know and no i get that i kind of got fired up a little bit when i was talking to andrew about it she was just a picture yeah it's, i know but it's, it's just a children's cartoon lorenzo <laughs> but it's the it's behind it like at first yeah. at first i laughed and then after a while i'm like no yeah i take back my laugh i don't like that <laughs> did you actually say i take uh, back my laugh no because no. <laughs> i could see you saying that that laugh no, didn't did count not. i did not <laughs> Um, are, are you still with the amount of time that you don't have? Are you still playing MLB The Show? No, actually, uh, no, no, no. I, I haven't played that. I haven't, I haven't played video games probably in over a year. Oh, maybe. really? You, you want my PlayStation? Oh, no. Well, I, we just got an Xbox. Yeah, we just that's we, right. Here, we just yeah. got um, the Game Pass, and it has a bunch of games. Does it have it? Yeah, it's got the show on. There. Yeah. So actually, uh, no, not no, not really too too much into it anymore. All right. Um, we still have the PlayStation, but we use it as a, it's the only DVD player we yeah, have in the house. Yeah, so we have it for that purpose. And we, and uh, I used to use it because you could stream off that too. Sure, yeah. Like, you could, but the streaming quality on it just it just isn't very good. Oh, really? No, it was awful. Is it a four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't very good. And yeah. at first, I thought maybe it was like the internet connection down there. Mm-hmm. But I bought a Roku for for the TV down there. It's great. Yeah. So it's definitely the the PlayStation just is a very reliable for the streaming PC. yeah we we bought we had i had to get a new roku for down here in the basement and and then i found out I, we got it and then like a week later mateo got his xbox for his birthday and i was like oh that's a streaming thing we could use that for streaming yeah. we just we just bought a roku yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. fire stick or whatever it was yeah that's yeah. it we have the roku fire sticks we like those yeah they work well yeah we 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 had the fire sticks um our tv upstairs are roku and we've never had issues with it knock on wood but we had Fire sticks, and it seems like like after a year and a half, some they just stop working, or really? they don't turn on, or yeah, we've had issues. So we we I think we've bought four of them, and then probably really four, yeah. So we yeah. haven't had any issues with ours. Yeah, yeah, we've know. had maybe Amazon Fire sticks are horrible. Oh, the yeah, it's yeah. the Amazon one. So oh, okay, I, I don't yeah, know. which of the Rokus? We haven't had the Amazon ones. Yeah, like I said, the Roku upstairs, but that's a whole TV, but it's yeah, it's no issues. 
Um, speaking of issues, uh, the main issue I wanted you to have is your boy Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> I wanted to know, uh, uh, you're a huge Packers fan. And yeah. Everybody knows everybody that. Everybody knows that, yeah. Um, but your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Now, before, before you say anything. Okay. Um, I, I... There, there was a lot of a lot of people who weren't. Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated, yep. and there's other guys. Ryan but Tannehill, they, yeah. But they also said, "I'm not vaccinated." Yep. yep. Um, and I didn't know Aaron Rodgers didn't say that. He, uh, he I think that's the, the part of the question is what did he exactly say? Yeah. So when they asked him, whenever I'm assuming at the beginning of the season, he yep. just says, "I'm immunized." Yeah. And then He's, that was well, the question. Whatever. I remember I actually watched that press conference. Okay. Um, I I really enjoy. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. You know, we talked about the like the Yellowstone, whatever it is. But yeah. I'll, I'll I'll sit down and watch like the Packer pressers. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Lafleur and Rogers in particular. I enjoy listening to those two individuals speak. And I, I remember watching that. And it, the direct question was, "Have you been vaccinated?" And his direct quote was, "Yes, I've been." Well, I can't even say immunized. Immunized. Yeah. Immunized. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was the end of it. Yeah. So everybody who had saw that. Made the assumption. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's been vaccinated, and um, and then you, when you kind of want, you know, the big thing with he never wore a mask in his pressers, you know, never on the sidelines or anything. So he portrayed it as as he was vaccinated, mm-hmm. and even the Packer organization, because if, when they had other players who were unvaccinated. They would not put them in a press conference. They would have them do it via uh, Zoom. Okay. So Rogers was the only one. Um, so the entire organization tried, in my opinion, tried to uh, make the perception that he was do you, vaccinated. Did, so do you, did they know that he wasn't? Yeah, the organization knew. Okay. Um, the league knew, and. I think that is part of the why a lot of people are a little bit upset is because you had the team, the league knew and didn't hold him accountable to the to the same COVID protocols yeah. that everybody else was held accountable to. So would 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 it have even came out if he didn't get COVID? Probably not. Probably never would have came out. Because I I told Andrea, I was like, I think the only way they found out is because the league has a rule: if you're vaccinated, take three negative tests, you're good to go. Yep. If you're unvaccinated, you got to take a minimum of ten days, I think. Yeah. So. So when they're like, "Oh, he's out ten days," like, wait a minute. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> was as soon as they had the positive test and they they came out and said, "Yeah, he's, he's he won't be able to play on Sunday." Yeah. That was after that three day window. They're like, "Well, he must not be vaccinated." Then that's yeah. the only way they can automatically rule him out. Yeah. And then that's when everything just started to to hit the hit the fan on it. And I said I watched his. Um, his interview did on McAfee on Friday. I just saw a snippet. Of I, I watched a full forty-five. I was interested <laughs> in what he said with it, and uh, he's sitting there. He's he's got it all typed out, and, and with his key points to it, and and I don't know. I should I should be, you know, on the front that I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world. Um, he didn't make himself look very great on that. No. Now, I, I don't. I don't disagree with a lot of the things he said. Yeah. With it, I mean, I, I do think you know with the vaccine, it's a personal choice with your body. Um, it should be a personal choice. Um, you know, with that, and I would tend to agree with him that some of the rules they have for unvaccinated players are just absurd. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they make no sense. Well, that well that there's a lot of players who are saying like they. All these rules are crazy because they they're they're wanting you to get it. Yeah, they were they're basically made to force a player to mm-hmm. to get the vaccine. So I agree with him on on those two points of it. Um, what I, I don't agree with the, how it all played out was intentionally being deceitful. Yeah, which is to me he was, and then also um, intentionally being deceitful. The Knowing, hey, if this if this is the choice you make, mm-hmm. these are the things you have to follow, and purposefully not following those. I said, listen, it's the rule's the rule. Yeah, I mean, even if it's you don't agree with it, I mean, I don't want to walk into Churchill's with shoes on in the summertime, but I still got to wear my flip flops. <laughs> yeah. You know, put them on. He still do it. Yeah. And then I thought was ultimately just the most disrespectful thing was. Comparing himself to Martin Luther King Jr. See, I never, I never heard, I didn't hear that. With, <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> he's, he's, he's comparing, putting himself 
comparable to Martin Luther King Jr. in this, you know, basically saying, you know, you, you know, you got to stand up for yeah. the freedom. I'm like, dude, you, you know, I, on. that's a, that's a stretch here. You know, I, I want, I wish everyone would get the vaccine. And like when Kirk Cousins said, I'm not getting it. And I was like, well, you're dumb. And I feel like you should get it. But at least he said, yeah, at least he <laughs> came not, out and it, said, it, and, and followed whatever rules that they have going yeah, on. And the other thing, I was frustrated with it too because in, in the in the interview with McAfee, he openly said, you know, one of the reasons why he didn't do that is because he didn't want, he just didn't want the attention on him for not having it. Yeah, he wanted to avoid that. Okay, guess what, Martin Luther? That yeah. happens. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I'm like, all right, so you're gonna do purposely to be deceitful. Yeah, you know, with everything. So yeah, I didn't like how it was handled. You know, from the get go, but um, yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he really it, is. It, it's it's interesting talking to like actual Packer fans about how they actually feel about Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So you know, Matt Hollinger lives in Green Bay. Yeah, you know, good you know, good friend of mine, and him and I talk about this a little bit every now and then. And I asked him. I mean, we were together. We went to the Outer Banks in in July together. And this is during the whole Aaron Rodgers holdout. Oh, okay, stuff. yeah. And I yeah. asked him, like, what do, what do people in Green Bay actually think of Aaron Rodgers? He goes, oh, they all hate him. <laughs> he goes, nobody likes him. He says, they, well, they tolerate him because he's good. Yeah. And it, they want him to come back only because he's good. But if he left, they they wouldn't care either. I mean, that was it's that type of thing with, like, the actual people in Green Bay. So how many people – I mean, how the whole entirety of Green Bay – fandom everywhere was probably so disappointed with jordan <laughs> love that <laughs> uh, like just, like play really good just play really good yeah i, I think so I, I think yeah i think they really just want to be like just show us that you're okay so we can get on from, <laughs> move on from this guy you know uh didn't really go that well but you know maybe in the future yeah um but yeah it was it's just it, it was interesting talking to, to matt about it because he said uh, a lot of people are just like yeah it's well We'll accept him yeah. right now because he's good. I mean, he's and he's our guy. He's the best chance to win the Super Bowl. But when he's gone, he's he's basically said he'll never be thought of in the same light as you know Favre before him yeah. or Bart Starr yeah. or other of these Packer legends because he's just not very well liked there. <laughs> so and that was even before holdout stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, even before that All that right. piece of it too. Why? Why is that? Do you know? Um, you know, I was talking mad about it. It's, it's just kind of the, 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 you know, Green Bay is a very blue collar town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you bring your lunch pail to work type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, um, they resonate with players with that background more than anything. And Rogers is the complete opposite uh, of that coming from California yeah. and, and doing those, some of those things that he did there. So I think that had a piece of it, you know, that he, you know, personality never really has fit into that town Mm -hmm. as well. Um, You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like when they had Favre, who was, you know, he, I mean, from Mississippi, kind of lived that lifestyle. Fans resonated with him a lot more than than what they do with Rodgers, so. Hmm. That's a... just like you said, you know, when you and Matt were talking about it, like they're gonna like him because he's good, and yeah. and that's, I mean, that that happens all the time, and and if it's your guy, you're gonna stick up for him as much as you can, as much as he allows you to, for and, sure. But it's the same with I always go back to like LeBron James when he left Cleveland, and everyone hated him. And yeah, he came back, and everyone loved everyone him loved again. him again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, of course, he's the best, one of the best NBA players. Yeah, you're not sure. gonna be like, no, I don't want him. I'm good. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, <laughs> winning speaks. Yeah, winning speaks. Yeah, if you're gonna, I mean, let's bring a championship over here, and he did, and everyone loves him. And yeah, I, I I would imagine if you're talking about him now, people hate him again. But I don't, I don't know. He got yeah. you a championship. That's it's amazing that what icons can do. Yeah, you know, with, with that, and uh, everybody's got their, you know, their their priorities, and if you win, we'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> Big you, business. You know, being being such a like huge star too, because you you have an idea of what you want to do and i can't imagine um every fan ever wants you why can't you be this do all of these things and you know what i mean like donate money here and uh, feed the homeless and uh oh do this commercial and sell this product and you know i can't imagine pressure that kind of pressure 
like people feel pressure on a daily basis and yeah. just to have like like you like for LeBron James he had a whole state a whole city in Cleveland the whole state like you you're doing this for us mm-hmm. you know and that's that's got to be awful oh, man <laughs> you got to be that, I'm, I'm gotta glad be... I'm not him <laughs> I mean, just, just. I'm, I'm sure he know he can work through it, you know. I mean, yeah. But just like to have that, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Trust, trust me. <laughs> just to have that, I can't even imagine like have having like there's pressure all the time, but having that amount of pressure, knowing like a lot of people count on you, regardless if it's ridiculous or a not. A lot of people, I just like, and I don't want to say like hinge their lives on your performance. Yeah, but, but that's what it is. But yeah, it is because you have like. You know, you know, people who who take that's their that's their way they disconnect. Yeah, is to follow their favorite sports team or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you know, for the athlete, that's just their job that they're doing. But for the purpose of disconnect, that's their thing that they disconnect with. Yeah. So they have a high yeah. investment in it. So, um, you know, so I get it. You know, it's, it is a lot of pressure with it too, and. But I, I get both sides of the story. You know, one side is it's a game. You know, I'm just I'm doing this, you know, for for me and, and my the team. Job. It's my job. Yeah. It's what I what I chose to do with my life. Yeah. I'm not worried about what the fans are doing, you know, type of thing. But the other thing is, you know, it is it's almost like a privileged job type of thing, uh-huh. where you you I, I sometimes you have to keep that in mind. You know, if you have a lot of people who kind of who who hinge it on like their own. Dis- disconnection with with you, yeah. So tough position. Yeah, and even I remember uh, I had friends who, when the Buckeyes would leave or would lose, they wouldn't leave their. I house. remember you telling me this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so. I was like, well, first of all, it's it's college, but yeah. it's that's a lot. Like to be invested. I love sports, and you know, I love sports. And yeah. I, I, to be invested that much, man, that's a hard life to live. That is. I mean, it's. <laughs> I, did, did you ever watch uh, like a goal that can? No, uh, it was Mike and Mike. Yeah, with like Greenberg and Golick, mm-hmm. and you know Greeny's just a huge Jets fan, and I, I think he put it perfectly as a fan because he was always like the the big fan mm-hmm. type of thing, and he said being like a diehard, passionate fan is really just so incredibly painful. Yeah. He said the art of actually watching the football game isn't fun. Yeah. It's miserable. You go through, you're nervous, <laughs> you're worked up, you get angry, the the highs and lows of the emotions of a, of a, of a three-hour football game, yeah. up, down. The actual process of watching your favorite team <laughs> is nothing but miserable. Yeah. Misery. Unless they went down, then it's all good. <laughs> and so I remember, I remember listening to him about that, thinking, you're right. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Because you, you get so invested into your team and get – so frustrated of that, frustrated of this, and then you don't actually enjoy actually sitting down and watching it. Yeah. So I think like I remember when you talk about being a fan. I think that was a, a moment in my fan life where I was like, "Holy smokes!" There's way more important things for me to get worked up about whether or not the Packers win. You know, or, but the Orioles yeah. always sucks. I never had to worry about that. <laughs> but with the Packers. So yeah. I, I think now it's like is there's a for me at least you know, I don't get worked up so much you know they win they lose whatever yeah. it is now it's just appreciation of just watching the game you know which what, is nice what changed it for me is when I had when we had Mateo yeah and and like because I used to be like oh man let you know and then think about it all day like oh if they would have done this one thing or did that you know maybe they would have won and now like last game the Cowboys got destroyed by the Broncos. I started watching it with everybody. That was a bad loss, by the oh way. My, oh my gosh, that was, that bad was horrible. Loss. Yeah, uh, I st- everyone was watching it, and then Mateo and uh, Lillian went outside to play with their friends. Uh, Mateo would come back and check the score every once in a while, and Andrea took a nap, and it was just me by myself. But like something bad happened, I'm like, oh my god, what? And then I ended, I ended up going outside, didn't yeah. even finish the game. But like it's it wasn't horrible. For me, the game was yeah. horrible itself. But for me, it wasn't horrible. And I talked to my dad, not about that game, but just watching games in general. He said he likes watching with people around because he he's less he's a little distracted from the game. Yeah, he's talking to other people, or even if it's one other person. He said he doesn't like when it's by himself. The only time he watches, and it's so funny how he watches Indians games because they replay them every night. Yeah, the only time he watches the game is when they win. Really? So he'll watch the replay because yeah. he's up late all the time. So he'll watch the replay if they win. If not, he doesn't watch really? the game. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. So like when I watch like, like the Packers, for example, 
you know, I'd, I'd rather my dad and I watch all the games together. Yeah. So he's the only person I watch a game with. Uh-huh. I'd rather just be there with myself or just him than go to like a party or something like that because I that, like that's how he is too. But he just, wants somebody. There. Yeah. So yeah. I like to sit down and like actually watch it. You know, yeah. watch it plays develop and things like that. And, yeah. Um, you know, so which is which is nice and to to go through and watch that. But you know, I, I'd much rather, um, because I can't. I mean, I'd much rather um, be on the sidelines of a high school football game, um, trying to actually affect the mood of yeah. the kids that are, and then watch a like a game. Oh, for like sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. Is as hard as it is to like, like our last playoff game, as hard as it is to be like, all right, guys, come on, let's go. You know, let's go. We're fine. You know, all this. You know, I'd much rather be involved in that. Yeah. You know. So, transitioning to to coaching. Yeah. Good year. Yeah, man, I had, I had a lot of fun. Um, uh, on the sidelines of that last game, uh, Coach Connor asked me, you know, were you? He said, were you around when for that Maslin game? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but I wasn't a varsity coach. Yeah, yet. Um, I was. Uh, were you coaching junior high then? Yeah. Um, I was can, like, can I share a quick story about that Maslin game? Yeah, this is one of my. I think one of my, one of my favorite memories, I'll I'll, I'll ever have. Yeah. So I was I was freshman at the time, coaching freshman, but every Friday night. Yeah, Friday night responsibilities. Sure, yeah. And my one of my responsibilities was I would always go out and ho- help usually coach Halgi with the receivers during pregame warm-ups and, and nothing major. Mm-hmm. I'd just toss the balls, be an extra arm for him. But as the kids would stretch, you know, we're, we're as you know, the position group was one of the first ones on the field. Yeah. As the kids would stretch, Jeff and I would always just play catch with each other and just, just kind of sometimes we'd talk about X, Y, and Z, life, football sometimes yeah. there was no talk we would just simply just play catch as the kids the kids would stretch mm-hmm. for 10 weeks when we would do that there'd be nobody in the stands it's quiet you know people are just starting to funnel in because it's pre-game yeah you know nothing nothing major Maslin game would come out we follow the same routine you know your structure organized you go out with the receivers now it's a little bit later in the year, so it's a little bit darker. Yeah. You know, Jeff and I go out there, receivers are stretching, him and I start playing catch, and the whole stadium's full. Yeah. It's yeah. full yeah. to capacity already at this point. And the music's going, and he had the extra bleachers in, standing room on the crowd. We look around, and we're just like, wow. Yeah. This is special. This is going to be a fun night. I think at that point in time, we kind of looked at each other, and this, this is going to be something special tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fifty six points later. Yeah, fifty six points. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the, uh, the the biggest win in Perrysburg history. Yeah, took place, and yeah. that was just a fun night. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, and that's why I told Coach Connor, like, he asked if I, if I was a part of that. I was like, no, I was a junior high coach, but I was there. You know, that was a fun game. He goes, what What was the fun? He goes, was that your funnest game you've ever been? I go, no. I said, I the. And I told him last Friday was probably the most fun I had at a game. Mm-hmm. He goes, really? I go, yeah, because it's different when you're actually a varsity coach. Yeah. I mean, I had I have fun at all my games, but that game, um, just because we had they destroyed us the previous year, um, I was following the two uh, barstool accounts on Instagram, going back and forth at each other, like just all that stuff. I, I heard there was some uh, oh some crazy stuff oh put on God. social media from. Uh, yeah, from Kettering. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, and then and then the fact that nobody scored until the third quarter, and I told him I was like, I've never felt more comfortable with a one touchdown lead than yeah. that night. And it was the atmosphere, everything that was, I think, coming off of COVID too, mm-hmm. like having a playoff game um, after that, and and I just I was like, yeah, that last Friday was the most fun I ever had. I think that was a that was a big win for the program. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, on the outside in or the outside looking in, you know, that that's a you know, coming out like what happened last year. I remember thinking like, I was at the game last year and when it didn't go very well. Yeah. I remember thinking that is one of the most disciplined football teams mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. And to come out this year against the same team, I'm assuming it was the same coaching staff yeah. from Kettering same before. Qu- same quarterback too. I mean, same team. everything. Yeah. You know, I think that just speaks volumes to maybe to the to the progress and then the direction that the program's going, and also to do it in a year with a new coach. Yeah, I think was important. Yeah, um, um, that that just played into like, hey, we have a new coach. Um, 
and we're still improving. We're, this program isn't stagnant. You know? and, it, and it sounds like I, di- I didn't see a lot of the games this year, but it sounds like I followed it, you know, through the media and newspapers outlets talking to you. Yeah. It sounds like there was um, a point in the year where, and I'm not exactly sure where this point happened, but the culture almost shifted a little bit and the kids became a lot more resilient with what was happening and, you know, more disciplined and things like that. I don't know if, if you can speak to that or not, but it just seemed like as the year progressed a little bit, you saw a little bit more of that, at least from the outside. I think, I think it may have been just um, more comfortable with, with how things are now. Mm. Right. So coach Kriegel was around for 15 years. Um, you know, these seniors that's they were with him for three years, two years, two or three years, like this is how it is. And then to, it's one thing like, here's the new coaching staff. We're going through the winter. Here's our spring. Here's our summer. You know, that stuff's kind of hit and miss as far as like, Hey, who can make it? Who can't, you know, kids, coaches, everybody, cause they're involved in other things. And then once two a day come two days come like how, how is it being run now? And and for me too, it's not just just players, but for me, um, and probably other coaches too. How is it going to be different? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a relationship with Coach Connor and, and all the other coaches because we we were doing stuff together. Um, but how is how is what we know going to change? Because it's going to change. It has to. It's not going to stay the same. It's it's a brand new guy from a different school. Um, and I think I know for me personally. I got more comfortable once I figured out how things are going to be, and and I know in the future this is how they're going to be. Mm-hmm. The uncertainty, not just like, hey, are we going to be good or not, um, but just uncertainty of how how practice is structured, how these other coaches are going to be during games and practices, um, how do they coach compared to me or other coaches, how are players going to react, Um and and I think after a while, halfway through the season or whenever that was, it slowly started to maybe subconsciously for for the kids and for for coaches and stuff like okay, this is feels better mm-hmm. um, because I I'm more or we're more aware of of everything now. Would you say that goes a long way too? Because the other thing I've heard, once again outside in, mm-hmm. is it's it's in even you know the the moms you had on earlier had mentioned mm-hmm. this that there appeared to be a, a really strong connection between the kids and the coaches. Yes. You know, what do you, what do you credit that to? I think, um, because I said in that podcast too, the, and, and he may have asked this question to everyone I'm assuming is, is how, how involved in the kids' lives do you get? Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, I'm open with them all the time. And, and I want, I want them to know, like, here's these things that happened to me. If, if you feel comfortable telling me things about you, then cool. Um, but I think, it's it um it, it goes both ways with the coaches and like the parents like they they have to just like Emily I think Emily Conley said it they're trusting us with their kids um so as soon as you do that there has to be an automatic like okay I I res- I, I trust them that that has to happen mm-hmm. otherwise they're not going to be out there playing football um uh, and I think seeing that um, and just just like with the players going through the year, like, hey, this is growing. This is we're winning, and on oh, this thing happened with my kid, and the coaches took care of it. Um, or hey, my kid had a problem, and I told him to talk to his coach, and then he said, you know, we we figured it out, or whatever. You know, I think the parents have to have a lot of trust in us that we're gonna do right by their kid for sure. And I think they felt that after a while because again, it's we double the amount of coaches, so there's more people that they they need to talk to if there's an issue. And and the parents the parents like that, and it comes from the leadership, right? From, comes from uh, Mr. Jaco and, and Coach Connor, and and knowing like, hey, these two are in charge, and, and they're comfortable, so we can be comfortable too. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it it, it 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 even if it's a job, right? Like if you had a new principal, it's it's you're unsure, and and you don't know what's going to happen, and um, and that's how I was. You know, I've I played for Coach Kriegel, and that's all I've known. So yeah. it was it was scary for me too, but Coach. Coach Connor's uh awesome dude and and you know I'm glad I wanted to that he was able to to bring me back along with some other guys and uh it worked out really well and I'm I'm looking forward to the future because now um I feel feel better just I'm getting more comfortable with the offense too mm-hmm. and that was another thing too like here's a new offense I got to kind of new I got to figure out you know and and now I I 
I, I think from from at some point I knew I could be like, hey, uh, I got issues going on, or I I can count on them to help me out with things too. You know, not just the players coming to us, but coaches going to other coaches. Absolutely, yeah. But but he said, you know, we're just like Coach Krieger always said, we're a family. You know, this I want it to be a family. I wanted I want us to be able to do things together, and I want us to if there's issues, you know, talk about it, and you know, all that stuff. Sometimes that stuff comes out on Friday nights, and and you figure it out later, and you. If there's issues, you know, we solve them. And, and sometimes we solve problems just by talking, just like any other job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you got to go through all that stuff. Just like any other successful organization. Yeah. You know, communication. Yeah, yeah. Partnerships, but, all those things. Yeah. But but I I really, like, to go back to the beginning, I, I had an awesome year. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, I, I shifted to tight ends, and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, coaching, I love coaching JV. Uh, I know there's uh, there's probably some coaches who don't want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and and but I really enjoy it because it's fun to see those kids get a chance to play. Yeah, uh, it, it's not as like strict and yeah. like you know I can draw stuff up on a on a clipboard on the sideline if I need to, and it's also keeping those know. kids engaged. Yeah, into yeah. the program. Yeah, they're they're busting their butt on the scout team yep. all week, and then they get a chance to play and. It's, see some rewards for their labor that they've done, and absolutely. Yeah, and, and my favorite part is when they feel like, hey, coach, can we do this, or can we run this? I, I remember one time, because our quarterback was a freshman. Our mm-hmm. JV quarterback was a freshman. It was Dylan, wasn't it? Yeah, Dylan yep. Blueball. He, uh, I, I wanted to throw, I don't remember what I was going to do. I think I called a slant against Anthony Wayne, and I didn't like the way they lined up. And I called timeout. And Dylan and Miles Tackett, who's a tight end, were both like, "Coach, we got, we're fine. We we shouldn't have called timeout. We we'll, we got it. I'm going to throw it to Miles. He's going to be wide open." I said, "All right, man. That's that's fine. You know." So I called the slant again out of the huddle at the timeout, and sure enough, he was wide open. For, we we you know we got the first down. It was fourth down, and um, but but when they can like come up to me yeah. on a, on on a Saturday morning because I let them know like, guys, I'm going to call what I want to call, but that doesn't mean you guys can't offer some opinion here mm-hmm. i want you guys to be involved too and, and they you know dylan would throw me you know hand signs for different places you wanted yeah. when we were out there and it, it's fun when they start being a part of it but too. it's also um lesser stressed environment mm-hmm. so the kids feel more open to do that which when you talk about the progression of how they develop you know they feel comfortable yeah coming to you coming to the coach and the jv knowing it's a less stressed environment that builds their confidence so when they get older and do play more of a varsity type of role, mm-hmm. they'll have some confidence with, hey, I my opinions were, yep. my thoughts were utilized in the past. They did work. They did, and that's going to encourage them to, to have that communication when they're older too. So it's, the, a, it's an incredible important part of the program. Well, I think too it's um, just like you said, it's one of those things they don't realize that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older, and not even in football, but when they're done and have jobs, you know, this is this was a time. Hey, I was 14, 15 years old, and I was able to voice my opinion yep. on something. And maybe they're thinking about it when they're twenty eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I I felt with Coach Kriegel that not that he wouldn't allow me to voice my opinion, but that I wasn't ready to voice my opinion. Yeah, and that's just in me in my own head. Absolutely, like I I'm the new varsity coach here with these guys who've been here for forever. So I'm going to listen. And then it, it took a little bit for me to say like, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that was just in me and, uh, and whether they d- decided to listen to me or not, or what I liked too was when I say, said something and they're like, well, that's a good idea, but, um, we can't do it against them because X, Y, and Z, you know, cause they know a lot about football more than I did. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, that part of it too. And I try to do that to those kids. And even at my job, when I don't have the answer, um, or if I do have the answer, it's like, I, that is a good idea. But last time that happened, you know, these things, these three things were the cause of it and it was good or bad regardless mm-hmm. of what it was. Um, but you know the same thing with football. If they tell me, then I then and I don't. If they ask me a question, especially, and I don't know the answer, I'd let them know. Like I, I don't know the answer, man, but I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll come back, back to you. It. Yeah, yeah, especially during practice. Well, that's, that's the best thing you can do. I mean, kids know when you're faking it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <not> yeah. <laughs> but but it's. I think that's important too. Like, hey, adults don't know everything. Yeah. You know, you and I showed you don't know everything. Yeah. You know, and and the sooner you figure that out and we figure that out, but it's gonna be a better relationship. It also models, you know, being humble. Sure. You know, yeah. You know, all those different things that yeah. that 
we we tell that that's what we want kids to be like. Yeah. You know, but if we don't model it ourselves, then we're really not doing them any favors. You got to walk the walk. You do. You got to walk the walk. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Do you, do you miss coaching football? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I was telling who was I, I forgot who I was talking to the other day about coaching. Um, you, you miss it. Yeah, you, know, you you miss. I think the the thing I miss the most is what we kind of talked about with the relationships with the kids. You know, it, even listen to to the moms that were mm-hmm. on here, and you know, I've you know, particularly with the Conleys. You know, I've I've known her kids for a long time. Yeah, in different areas and and. Um, you know, and you think back to when you were coaching, whether I was coaching football or track, either one of them, you know, just kind of like the relationships you built with those kids. I just got an invitation to uh, a former football player wedding. Yeah. We're going to get married in, in, uh, in, on July 1st coming up. Uh, a kid I was really close with coaching football and actually his, his fiance. Um, she was a high jumper for me for one year and then worked for me at the park oh, for wow. about four years. I knew them both really, yeah. really well. Um, you know, so like, you know, I, I, you know, I got that wedding invitation. And I was starting to think like, I, you know, my, from a student relationship piece of it, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to having those type of relationships mm-hmm. because it's a different relationship when you coach. Yeah. Then in my position that I'm in right now, yep. um, not to say I don't have positive relationships with kids. It's a but different it's, kind it's, of, it's just, it's just, a, it's a different, and then the age level makes a huge difference too. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, you know, several, several guys that I, I used to, or girls too, from track that I still keep in contact with from coaching. Um, and it's fun watching them grow, mm-hmm. you know, grow up a little bit. Most of them are now in either in college, late college or out of college, starting, starting families. Um, and you think, you think about it too, like you don't know how you, how much you affect a kid. Yeah, you don't. Until you're like, oh, I just got an invitation to their yeah. wedding, like, yeah. I'm, and then you try to think back, like, man, I must have really, yeah, something, something, yeah, happened. maybe, you know. And these are all guys I keep in contact with, and there's there's some people who, you know, some some people who have coach who 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 or have families and working for the schools now. And, yeah, you know, Charles Brigode is a great example. Um, he teaches science at the high school. Yeah, Charles was I didn't directly coach him in track, um, you know, but he worked for me at the park. Mm-hmm. And got to know him really well, and you know, so I got to see him mature and grow when he was in high school and college, and and um, you know, when he uh, applied for a job at the high school teaching science, I was I wasn't involved in that process, but I was very excited when he got hired. (laughs) And then uh, when I took over the parks, my first call was to Charles, say, I need an assistant director, Charles. Oh, nice. And to get him, you know, and that now he's now he's running the parks. Um, So seeing all those things, how that kind of you know, it takes form is yeah. that's really rewarding to me. So, you know, and from a coaching standpoint, there's, I think, a, you know, uh, there's a level, what I really enjoyed too, this might be selfish, but that was the way I disconnected mm-hmm. from my job. And I really learned to value the importance of disconnection because at three o'clock, all I coached essentially all year round. Mm-hmm between football in the fall, then right into winter track, indoor track, to outdoor track. At 3 o'clock, no matter what my teaching day was, and, you know, I had a hard teaching day. I taught significant disabilities. I mean, so that means it's hard. Yeah. The job is hard. Mm-hmm. And at 3 o'clock, I knew I had to shut that down. I went to track. I went to football. And I was around different kids, you know, just – a different environment, different feel for it. Mm-hmm. And you learn appreciation for, uh, for those relationships that you build. Um, and then it cleared my head. And so when I was done with football or track, you know, six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, when I go back home, my head was clear, mm-hmm. you know? So at the time, you know, I didn't have kids when I was coaching. I was married, you know, towards the end of that piece of it, so I'd get back home to Lindsay or whatever it was, I had a clear head. And I thought that was really valuable. So that's that's been a big transition for me. And then my new role is what are the ways to disconnect? Yeah. You know, so when I'm home I have that clear head. And uh, always kinda of worked with that. So I do miss coaching. And then the other piece of it is just the the competitiveness and the 
the the atmosphere, the environments, um, you know, the, the, the rush you get from it, um, you know, the, the ability to see, um, more of a, um, I want to say like an instant growth, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, success product building up. Yeah. Those, those are hard to replace. I know that that'd be the one thing, uh, if I ever were to stop is, is the relationship with the kids that I coach. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it means so much to me that, um, well, Canyon on senior night, you know, he t- thanked his parents and the school and, and coaches and stuff. And then he said, specifically said about me that that if you know if it wasn't for me he wouldn't even be making that walk right Mm -hmm. now and you know and i knew that i helped him you know decide that he wanted to play football um but but to then from freshman year to now it's like build that relationship um four years as an adult it's hard to make friends new friends let alone someone that's gonna be around for four years and 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 to have that relationship it's it's it means a lot and it knows it, it makes you feel like, hey, I I'm I did something yeah. here, you know, along with these other with other kids that I built real strong relationships mm-hmm. with. So I know that that if I ever stopped, that would be a huge loss for me. And the same thing for 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 um, disconnecting. Uh, when my brother passed away last year, I I didn't go to work, but I went to football. Yeah. And for for two hours a day, I was able just to concentrate for that week. Mm-hmm. You know. When it was bad, just the country on a football. Let's let's do this. You know, no one said anything about my brother, and we, I could just do football stuff. And and it was it it was nice for that. It was it was a good a, a good uh, extra thing you get from coaching. Yeah, I, I yeah I totally agree with that. It's yeah. to me, it's it's it's. I think some people are just wired certain ways, you know, like mm-hmm. that, and and it kind of you know. It fits your personality a little bit. It fits how, how you're wired. So it's definitely, you know, you you miss it. Um, you know, part of me wishes because I think, for me personally, I think I've learned so much um, about kids uh-huh. in my five years in my current position. And over my five years in my current position, I haven't been a coach. Yeah. I almost, I really wish. I would have the knowledge now that I've learned over these last five years when I was coaching. Because yeah. I think I would be a lot better of a coach after having these last five years under my belt with my current position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wonder that. And then I always say, so you think about that and then you think, then the next my, thing that pops in my mind is, well, maybe I could coach. <laughs> and maybe, yeah. but then I'm like, uh, how would I swing that? <laughs> I mean, how, how would I logistically figure this one out? You know, with yeah. with everything else. You know, with you know, we talked earlier about my system and my routine. I got yeah. an hour and a half of free time in my in a twenty four hour day. <laughs> how would I make this work? You're gonna have negative I hours. I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, you have to prioritize, <laughs> right? And yep. and just just like me, that you know, you know, you know me. I do a bunch of different stuff yep. and. There's some stuff that I really like doing. Like someone asked me about stand-up comedy at work when they found out I did that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I haven't done that in four years. It's just it's down here. It's something mm-hmm. I really like to do. But you gotta you gotta be able to prioritize and fit stuff in. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I it, prioritize is, is is such a great word to use um, because you you prioritize what you value. Mm-hmm. You know, with it too, and you know, there's there's a lot of things. There's not like a right or wrong. It's just kind of what you individually value with that. And you prioritize prioritize that with what you need in, in your life and. And it changes. And it changes. Yeah. And then you kind of make make sack. I think that's the thing with having Alice. Yeah. You know, my whole and you know this, your whole world kind of changes mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now you can't do what you want. Hence why hey, can you podcast tomorrow? Yeah, but can you do it after seven thirty yeah. so I can get her to bed? You know, you yeah. kinda you kinda yeah. make the sacrifices. So it's almost sense to it's um you know, do I really need to watch the Texas Oklahoma football game for four hours. Yeah. No, you know I'm not committed to either one of those teams. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Shoot, you, I you, am, and I didn't watch it. Yeah. So. so you, you, I mean, you cut out a lot of the the fluff type of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's and uh, you really figure out kind of what you what you really do value with yeah. it. So yeah, totally get it. All right, Scott. As always, thanks for uh, f- 
for hopping on here, man. I uh, always always like to pinch it. Yeah, man. I uh, you know the we talked about going out to lunch, you know, yeah. a, a few weeks ago, and but but these are good too. Like every oh, yeah, every sure. you know every few months, just to just to talk with a friend, and yeah, sometimes it's nonsense, and and sometimes it's it's serious stuff. But either way, it's you, you know you should have someone that you'd be able to talk to. You know, it's fun. Absolutely. So so appreciate you coming in, man. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to my guest, Scott Buecher, for being on the podcast. I know uh, he's always such a good feeling, like I said before, so it was it was great to hear from him again, and uh, I never know what we're going to get into, so it was good to hear his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and football season and uh, life in general. So uh, thanks, Scott, for, uh, for coming on. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It means the world to me if we can get this podcast off the ground and running. You don't have to share the whole all the episodes just share one you like uh one podcast uh, if you share one could turn into a subscriber down the road so any little bit helps uh my my gmail is the nerdball podcast at gmail.com i'm on all the social medias facebook instagram twitter find me at twitter at the nerdball pod instagram is the nerdball podcast and facebook is a page at the nerdball podcast Thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.